Hi, this is Mrs. Q-Dog, and you're listening to the Mighty Q-Bros discuss some notable games from their Rick V-Day pickup. Hello, I'm Eric, and it is that time of year again where our thoughts turn to the greatest Sega Master System pickup that I ever had. And that is Rick V-Day, which occurred on July 18th, 1997, to the best of our, our memory. And I once again have with me my brother, uh, Gavin. Hello. And we thought we would talk a little bit more about what happened on Rick V-Day, uh, or some of our Rick V-Day memories. This time focusing more on the games than, uh, than, you know, than the event itself. But before we get into that, Gavin, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's been going on with you since last Rick V-Day. All right. Currently, I have uh, I just recently started Dragon Quest Seven on the Nintendo 3DS. Mm -hmm. That's good. Uh, I've been very busy at work and not playing a lot of video games. However, I have been trying to bring up my children right, uh, introducing <laughs> them to Crazy Taxi and uh, some of the Xbox 360 arcade download games. So they've been playing a lot of Crazy Taxi, some other Mario Kart type clone type game like uh, I think it's called Joyride and uh, my son my five-year-old son has really gone out of his mind with centipede infestation for the Nintendo 3DS as well is that I mean, right that kid loves that game mm. and who can blame him well some good classics there and certainly I approve of schooling the younger generation on classic Sega games like Crazy Taxi and right now he's in the other room playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist. That's right. On the Sega Genesis. Yeah, he's really taken to the beat-em-ups on the Sega Genesis. We were messing with him a little earlier while he was playing Streets of Rage 3. Like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be nice to these guys. They just want a friend. <laughs> and he looked confused for a few seconds and then said, well, I like doing it this way better. <laughs> the kid's a natural. He's, yes, he is a chip off the old block. Yeah. All right, anything else before we jump right into these games? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right, hopefully uh, hopefully uh, he'll be fine in there playing Hyperstone Heist for a while. Yes, well, who wouldn't be? All right. All right, so what do we do? We went and picked out a selection of games that we got on Rick V-Day. For the first time we had these games. And we thought we would go through and, and chat about each of them individually and, and share with people our memories and talk a little bit about maybe some Master System games people aren't completely familiar with. Yeah, some of these are not that common. Now, Rick V Day, just to set the stage, was it was in the summer, but it was we were still in college. Yeah. So we still had another year of college left after this. Um, and and one of the games we got so many good games on that day. You know, we couldn't get to all of them right away. That's but right. We I remember in my own mind I had kind of a list of. I'm going to play this game. This game looks awesome, but I'm not going to get to it till I'm done with Fantasy Star, for example. Yeah. Which was the first time we, we got Fantasy Star. But there was kind of a sequence of games that I wanted to play. And one of them here was RC Grand Prix. Now, this game was about racing remote-controlled RC cars on dirt tracks. Yeah. Um, and I know you and I had something of a soft rivalry when we were in college <laughs> You know, when we first got that Genesis, it was a race to see who could win the first Genesis game mm -hmm. because we always recorded our win dates. Like, yeah. I was the first one to win Choplifter or Alex Kidd. Yeah. But you were the first one to win Altered Beast, the first the Genesis, first Genesis game, game Yeah, any of us won. Actually, anybody who follows me on Twitter is well aware of <laughs> how we record win dates. Because every now and then, probably more frequently for some people, but... Uh, I would tweet out, hey, on this day in 1998, I won this game. So, yeah, we were recording our win dates. And, of course, again, we were using our rules. Yes, the rules of no continues, no extra lives, no extended life meters, no cheats. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so tell us what happened with RC Grand Prix. Well, I don't, now this game, to be honest, I don't even remember what we considered a win, but I imagine there was a certain number of events that you had to race through. Uh, I remember you competed for money and you could fix up your car, soup it up with better pieces, better parts. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I remember the the night I won this. You you and I were kind of competing because we were both getting close to being able to to win yeah, it, we and were, we were taking turns playing it. And uh, you were in the middle of a game, and the phone rang, <laughs> and it was your girlfriend, yeah. and you had to talk to her. And now, of course, she is your wife of many years. Yeah, but, Melissa. Yep. But you uh, you had to take the call, and then I snuck in there and won the game <laughs> while you were on the phone. So I was the first, and I'm still the best. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. So, yeah, Grand RC Grand Prix, by the way, is it's a lot like uh, RC Pro-Am or something for the NES. Yeah, that was the equivalent. Yeah, so, I mean, it was on the Master System, so that might have made it better. The graphics were no, pretty I good, yeah, and I remember thinking they were better than Pro-Am. Yeah. And it was a surprisingly fun game. I mean, racing RC cars, I don't know if that sounds dumb, but... It was good. You'd was get fun, money, yeah. you'd buy parts, you'd you'd improve your car. Yep. And you would notice when you bought new tires, your car gripped the track better and I mean that was a fun game. It was fun. Yeah, and it's also by the way one of the unusual uh third-party games for the Master System. Yeah. At least in the US. And so we did have this game. Um and yeah, you are in the record books or our spreadsheets of uh completing that one first. So, yeah. Well done. I still have Altered Beast. All right. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. What next? Now, Bomber Raid. This was one of the rare SMS games that came in like a black case. It's an Activision game. It's Activision. Game. Yeah, another third-party game, Activision. Now, I always had a little bit of a soft spot for Activision back from the Atari back 2600 the Atari. days. Yeah, because they made, you know, what? Pitfall, Keystone Capers, River Raid... Uh, you know, you I could... still don't own a copy of River Raid to this day. Can oh you believe that? Oh my gosh, come on, man. You I got a get... ton of Activision games. I still don't have River Raid. River Raid was one of the better games yeah. for the Atari. Of course. I, you know, uh, there was Kaboom. Now, I, I always kind of wondered, is Bomber Raid supposed to be a spiritual successor to River Raid? It's the same kind of thing. A vertical scrolling shooter with airplanes. Um, with the name Raid in it. And half the time you're flying over water. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like River Raid, but updated for the Master System. Well, that's a good question, actually. Yeah. A, a two mega cartridge. I mean, so they... <laughs> two mega not, power. They're not fooling around. That's a two mega game. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I loved this game. Uh, yeah. Not quite as much as Power Strike, which was one of our earlier games, but I always wanted to win this game, Bomber Raid. Yeah. I'm going to play it legitimately, and I, I waged a serious campaign several different times over, you know, different years to win this game. And it's just too hard. I could never do it. Well, how far did you get? Maybe. You remember? Mm. I don't know. No, but somewhere around level four, level five, and I just, I couldn't hack it. Do we know how many levels there are? I don't off the top of my head. I would say probably four or five. This was one of those games where if you never got hit, you were okay. You could upgrade your weapons, super powerful if you ever died, that's it. The game over. Well, you yeah. may as well stop. <laughs> we had that problem with a lot of games where pretty much you had to go through it flawless. We did that with Shinobi, I think. Shinobi, yeah. Uh, Power Strike is another one. Power Strike, we eventually learned there was a few places you could recover, but not many. So the power-ups in this game, Bomber Raid, I thought were really cool, right? I, I felt like at some point your weapon, your primary weapon, if you upgraded it enough... I can't remember. It looked like an eagle or something. It was like a, it was like a. It felt yeah. like you were throwing out a, a, an I beam, like a bar of metal that was just ripping through. Right, and it was shaped and it made like a an sound. eagle or yeah. a bird. Uh, but that was after many many upgrades. You started out with a single pea shooter weapon, and you had to upgrade it. I don't know twenty times. But that's maybe the thing. The, yeah. Yeah. But you, there were like there were so many upgrades. It just kept going, right? It just kept upgrading. Yes. Uh, Until so that 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 eagle flame kind of thing was. Yeah. That was the time. And if you lost it, you may as well start Game again. I think it was one of the most satisfying weapons I ever remember. Is some weapon in Wing Commander? I felt like you were shooting cannonballs, and it gave a really oh. satisfying. Like so, you were like, really puncturing. Like the mass driver cannon, it yeah. was you were you weren't firing energy, you were firing, firing solid projectiles, yeah. and it would thump thump. Yeah, I love that. I this love game that. reminds me of that with that that power up. It's just I I just feel like you can feel the power of the weapon just ripping through the enemies. Yeah, but yeah, this is probably, I mean, there's not that many shooter 
shoot 'em ups. There's certainly not that many vertical. A power strike is, I would claim, the best vertical shoot 'em up on the Master System. But Bomber Raid has to come in, in my opinion, as second place. Uh, it's got really colorful graphics, nice upgrades. It does. It's kind of again. We'll comp- I'll compare it to. It's it kind of has a 1942 or 1943. It does. You're in a plane, you know, a propeller plane. You're 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 flying, you know, over tanks and ships. And this isn't this isn't futuristic. This is more like a 1942 type game. Yes. Uh, yes. But it was what we had for the Master System. Now I might I don't know it might be a toss up between Power Strike Two and Bomber Raid for my second favorite game, second favorite okay. vertical shooter. Yeah, but Power Strike is definitely the best I think okay. in my opinion. I'm not as familiar with Power Strike Two, but that that's also an import game. Yeah, and not one that we got on Rick V Day either, right? No, I had to buy that from eBay for a pretty penny. Yeah, well, it's worth a pretty penny still. So yeah. All right. Now moving Cloud on to another Master. shoot 'em up. This is a Cloud side Master. scrolling. And it is a shooter, really. You're a guy flying around on a cloud, throwing balls of stuff at bizarre enemies. Flying bowls of rice. Yeah. Uh, I guess it'd be fair to say it has a distinctly Japanese feel to it, including the music. Yeah. And the backgrounds. I always found it kind of a slow-moving shooter. It was a little bit... It's slow, yeah. It was a little bit slow for my taste. If you were used to something like... Uh, Gosh, I can't even think. Um, I know Aerial Assault was one of those Master System games that was a, a side shooter. Our type was, you know, clearly... Yeah, this a is a horizontal better. shooter, scrolling shooter, I say, yeah. Um, and I always wanted to... Same thing with Bomber Raid. I always wanted to win this game, but could never hack it. And once you got to the later levels, it was just too hard. I just... I couldn't... I couldn't play in the big leagues with the big boys. So, yeah, so... Let me mention what it says on the back of the box here. Birdmen, flying cat heads, just the heads. Yeah, I pigs that. with guns and bowls of soup. So it's a little bit out there, but if you ignore the graphics, it's it's quite a good um, it's quite a good uh, uh, horizontal scroller. And this game was actually re-released on the Wii as the Monkey King or something. And I found out about this watching the YouTube uh, the Game Sack YouTube channel. And as soon as I learned that they had remade this, what I considered super obscure Master System game for the Wii, I don't know if I said Wii U before, the Wii, I went to Amazon and ordered it. And it's great. It's this game again um, with updated graphics. Now, there is one thing about this game that I remember from the old days. And that is the bosses. (laughs) For some reason in this game, we really didn't like the bosses. And so we had ridiculous names for them. Do you remember what some of them were? Yeah, there was a... I don't remember if it was the first boss. There was a boss that looked like a giant chicken. Yeah. And, of, of course, we named that boss Chicken Shit. <laughs> chicken Shit. Then there and was, who else? There was um, there was one we called Uncle Fester. Uh-huh, because he was, like, bald, right? He had a chrome, like, a bald head on top. Yeah. I no mean, jokes was, about me. Just, yeah. There was one that was dressed up like an army, you know, he was wearing army-type clothes, and, of course, we called him Major Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I so, don't yeah. remember all the others, but I know... Um, we had names well, for him. Okay, my younger brother just texted me an answer with with what the rest are, and we can't say what the other ones are. <laughs> okay, we can't say the the rest of them. But fair enough. But we, we had names for all of them, correct? Yes, we did. So all right. So yeah, we had a lot of fun, and the music. I remember the music in Cloudmaster. In fact, I, I don't remember how it goes at the moment, but there was one time what where we were. Walking down campus or something, singing the Cloudmaster song? Our younger brother came to visit us, and we were all walking back to our apartment from the student union. And I was annoyingly uh, singing, like, doo-doo-doo, you know, with um, the music. I can't think of how it goes. I have this song in my head most days, but I can't think of it right now. I'm not going to do it. So our younger brother was singing the Cloudmaster song like that. Yeah. I was singing the song from Rally X, an arcade game, an old-time arcade game that was in the student union. Yeah. And you. And were, then I picked up another annoying song to sing, right? I think you were doing Shinobi. Oh, Shinobi. Yeah, that thing's <laughs> burned in my brain. Anyway, so yeah, we had a lot of fun with Cloudmaster. Good... Yes. Good horizontal shoot 'em up, good music, bizarre setting. Now, I always felt like the controls in that were just a little bit too sluggish. Your guy would move around the screen a little bit too slowly to be a good proper shooter, but there was a speed power up. 
Yeah. That helped a little bit. But yeah. my, you know, the bottom line for me was I could never make it to the end of the game. Our yeah. younger brother was much more into the game than I was, and he did okay, but I could never handle it. Okay. All right. Nonetheless, if you, you know, have the ability to play it on an emulator or get a cheap copy of the cartridge, it's a unique and distinct enough game that it's... Or get the Wii version. Yeah, the Monkey King. Which has some difficulty levels. Yeah, it's called the Monkey King. And I'm sure you can find it pretty cheap. All right, so let's move from a weird good game to a weird bad game. And that weird bad game is the infamous ALF. Elf. So what's the deal? We got this game on Rick V Day. No, yes, it's hard. It's actually one of the harder to come by, harder to get Master System games now. It, it's got a pretty high price, mostly because of its collectability, not because of its gameplay. No, so tell me about your because you're the only one who played it. Uh, now I remember the TV show, and we used to watch it, but and I don't remember exactly, but I, I feel like by the time we were into the Master System. An ALF would have been available in stores. The show had it wasn't that popular anymore. Oh like, no, I'm sure like, it was off the air. Like this this game came after the show had was no longer that popular. Yeah, I could check. Yeah. So uh, that could be why it's hard to come by. Does that have a date on it? 88, 89? This let's see, it has a uh ALF is a trademark, blah blah blah. All right. Well 1989 okay. is the copyright on the back of this. Now we got this on Rick V Day. It was never on my high priority list of games I wanted to try. Now, okay. after the split, after we both finished up with our college careers and I got my own job and my own apartment and moved out, we did the split where we took our joint master system collection and decided who got what and bought out each other's shares and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. You ended up with Alf. Yes, I did. And I after I no longer had access to it, at one point I was like, you know what, I, I, I want to give that game a try. And I asked to borrow several of your games, and you lent them to me for the better part of a year. One of them was Alex Kidd in High Tech World. One of them was Alf. <laughs> now, I played all the way through High Tech World. I hated it. It was clumsy. The controls were awful. The game was poorly designed. But I got through it. Alf was another one I tried playing, and it... it on the surface, it looks like it has potential. It's it's a not exactly. It's kind of like a King's Quest type game where you go around and you look for items and you have you know small challenges that you overcome to get you to the next step. So it's kind of like an adventure. Is that what you said? Yes, but very poorly done, very poorly executed. I hated this game. This is one of my top five most hated SMS games because I felt the controls were bad, the plot was bad, the story was bad. Uh, the whole game felt tedious and burdensome. Like it's, it's the game itself is not difficult or challenging, like a Thunder Force Three or a Power Strike. Uh huh. It's it's laborious because it's just so poorly designed and the controls are so bad. Okay. Um, I played this sometime in the spring or summer of two thousand. <laughs> I think after you had already moved out and gotten your own place too. Yeah. Uh, and I, man, I hated this game. It was terrible. Okay. Um, yeah, I, there's not much more to say about it other than, like, if you're familiar with My Hero, the Sega card game, on the surface it looks good. It's a beat-em-up type game, uh-huh. and the controls and the implementation are so bad, that's that's kind of how I lump the Elf game in with that. It looks like it should be good, but it was just sloppily done. Okay. Um, so if you have the opportunity not to spend money on it, you jump all over that. Okay, so let's move away from ALF then and uh, move on to something really quite good. One of the best games maybe that we're going to talk about, and that is Golden Axe Warrior. Tell us what, what is this game. Everybody is familiar with Golden Axe. Golden Axe, yes. Now... Back, Which is a beat-em-up, right? It, yes, it was a beat-em-up, and when it came out in the arcades, we loved it. I mean, we played that game a lot. Well, I like the death sound, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was blown away that the bodies would stay there on the ground. Yeah, that and was a disappointing omission from the Genesis version. Yes. Now, but that's not this game. This is no. Golden Axe Warrior. Golden Axe Warrior is the story of the Golden Axe characters, the dwarf guy, whatever his name was. And Gimli. The, the Death Adder. I don't think it was Gimli. <laughs> okay. Death Adder is still the villain Sleepy. in Golden Axe Warrior, but it's 
kind of a Zelda clone. It's an overworld map, walking around, finding objects, talking to people, navigating mazes of bushes. I, you know, I have this huge axe and I can't cut my way through these bushes, but whatever. Well, you can oh. eventually. Okay. All right. I thought you had like a flame. Well, maybe oh. that's Zelda. Anyways, it, it's kind of a Zelda clone, but set in the Golden Axe world, and it was a pretty good Master System game. Yeah, so let me let me talk about that for a minute, because a lot of people think when they think of Master System, you know, Zelda clones, they think of Govelius. But it turns out that Golden Axe Warrior is much closer to Zelda. I mean, it is a straight-up... You said clone. I'm going to say it is a straight-up ripple. I mean, <laughs> it follows Zelda in looks... In, in organization and style, I mean, it's a little shameless. It's it, so Govelius is actually slightly, not quite as Zelda e, if that's a thing, as Golden Axe Warrior. So I will claim that Golden Axe Warrior is the actual Zelda clone on the Master System, but it, and it's set in the Golden Axe universe. But now it was kind of rare, right? I mean, it did it. There's a U.S. version of it. But maybe it came out too late for us to be aware of it or notice it. There is... So, Golden Axe Warrior is one of the, I would say, probably in the top four. I don't remember. Uh, you know, there's Buster Douglas, there's Ghouls and Ghosts, there's Power Strike, and there's Golden Axe Warrior. Those are sort of the top maybe four. And it is one of the four uh, games that um, had a UPC sticker that was released uh, outside the U.S. and then brought in... And they slapped a UPC sticker on it. Um, Golden Axe Warrior, Strider, Spider-Man, and of course Sonic, which Sonic with the UPC is the, you know, that's also a big one. But but uh, yes, it's one of the rare ones. It was released uh, outside the U.S. and then brought in with the UPC symbol. So yes, it's harder to find. I didn't even, I, I don't even know when we found out about this game. It wasn't until years later. No, no, no. What I remember is, um, oh yeah, we found out about during our kind of Sega Renaissance in in the late in the mid nineties, right? Late ninety six or early ninety seven. So right around, right before the time we would have done Rick V, right when we were getting back into collecting these things, right? But in eighty nine or ninety, when we were playing the Master System, we didn't know anything about Golden. No, Master. we didn't know anything about it. We would have been interested, but we we didn't. Oh, hear definitely, about it. definitely. I don't remember ever seeing it in a store. Now I remember you were always online more than me i would whatever game we had i'd sit there and play it and i didn't care what was going on in the rest of the world you would be on the internet such as it was in those days yeah. and you were i remember you telling me well there's i considered it like a rumor well there's supposed to be this game called golden axe warrior which is like an rpg with golden axe i'm like yeah yeah you know whatever that's great but whatever i'm playing alf but yeah i'm you no, know i'm kidding go ahead i was probably playing fantasy zone or something but then when we actually got it for Rick V Day, it's like, oh, this game really does exist. Yeah. And now we're going to see it. Yeah. And I was pretty excited about it, but I didn't actually get around to playing it until January of 98. So um, six, seven months later. Yeah. Not not too bad. No, not too bad. No, because I, I didn't play it until the summer of 2007. So okay. it took me another 10 years. You took six, seven months. I took 10 years. Yeah. But well, we both have finished this game. We both eventually did finish it. And it was pretty good. It's good, yeah. I remember, uh, so that January of 98, I was trying to finish up Fantasy Star 4 on the Genesis. Of course. Then I finished up Ease 3, which I had been playing the previous summer of 97, before Rick V. Day, and gave up on because I got stuck in the final cave. Um, but, but yeah, right about the time we went back to school after Christmas break, I was playing Golden Axe Warrior, and our, one of our friends came by, oh, just yeah. unannounced, he showed up at our apartment, and I was like, yeah, come on That's in. That's what he does. I'm drinking some RC Cola, sit here oh. and watch me play RC. this game, and he, he, he challenged me with a philosophical question that I had no answer for. Apparently, while I was playing Golden Axe Warrior, walking through the screen, you know, I, I needed to make a straight line across one screen to get to the next. But I went out of my way all the way down to the bottom of the screen to kill one guy. And then went <laughs> back up to the top to go out on my way. And my friend said, oh, man, what you got to rough that guy up for? <laughs> and I had no answer. Like, we don't know. Like, why Why did I go out of my way to kill? Am I the bad guy here? <laughs> but at the time, I'm like, well, he's, you know, a guy. And, I, you know, I'm going to kill him because he's there. Because he's there, yeah. We, we, we didn't question these things in video games uh, we, yeah, in so those days. The whole thing blew my mind. But uh, <laughs> Why did I have to kill that guy? 
But uh, I will say that day I, I finished the game. I won Golden Axe Warrior. And then my friend and I sat down and played through eight eyes for the NES three times in a row. Three times. <laughs> After wow. that. And then I think we got some Taco Bell. Those days are gone. Yeah. You ain't playing through a game and then playing through another game three times without interruption. No. But Eight uh, Eyes for the Nintendo, that was actually a very good game. Yes, uh, I'm actually a big fan. Eight Eyes is one of the first games I got. I love the music in Eight Eyes. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, yeah. So, we both played Golden Axe Warrior. Uh, recommended, though it is one of the harder-to-get Master System games. But it, it is pretty good. If you like Zelda, you'll like Golden Axe Warrior. Yeah. Yep. All right. I remember... I, I, I'm going to throw this out there. I remember... Well, now that I've said it, I'll throw it out there. I remember being on a... Uh, um, a message board and they were talking about comparing Master System and NES and they put up pictures of Zelda and they put up pictures of Golden Axe Warrior as a demonstration of how the Master System is graphically you know, more powerful. And one of the comments was, well, that's not fair. You can't compare that. The Master System is clearly a 16-bit system. <laughs> and so he kind of he gave the argument away there. But uh, I guess my real point is, is the graphics in Golden Axe Warrior are actually quite good. And it is a later release Master System game. I don't know if it's a 4 mega power or a 2 mega game, but uh, uh, yes, the point is, is uh, if you enjoy Zelda, you definitely enjoy Golden Axe Warrior. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a game I think you didn't enjoy quite as much. Spellcaster. Now, Spellcaster is one of those, um, like, it, it's an adventure. It's, it's kind of role-playing, but it's action. It's a side-scrolling, for the most part, action game where you, you run around with a sword and, uh, you know, you kill people, but it does have some... It has some, some like, adventure playing. or RPG components, right? Yeah. There's I'm, dialogue, there's text, there's cutscenes. Yeah. There uh, are, you know. It's one of those games that, on the surface, it looks like it should be good. Yeah. Now, in the spring semester of 97, we had borrowed this from one of our friends. The previous school year, he lived in our apartment with us. Now, this is Not the guy we us, knew from our hometown, right? Yeah. The one hometown. other guy that we knew, or the one, our friend, who we had also gotten a master system with yeah. back in 88. And he happened to be at our university and lived in our, and lived in our same apartment. Uh, our building. Not our, our building. Our, our building. Yeah, not yeah. our actual So apartment. we borrowed it from him. We borrowed it from him, and I knew that when the school year ended, he was going to want this game back. Uh, and I thought, well, I'm never going to have access to this game again, so, so I'm going to play it. Now, at the end of that semester, spring of 97, I was playing Ease, which we got on the pawn shop, the pawn shop pickup day. Yeah. Um, and I remember you still had exams, but I was finished early. I was finished with my exam several days before you. So wow. I would wake up in the morning and play Ease until lunchtime, <laughs> stop to have lunch, go back to playing Ease. Oh, you stopped to have lunch? Well, you were not hardcore. <laughs> go ahead. Played Ease until dinner time. Have dinner, go back to playing Ease. Boy, those days, I miss them. Play Ease until <laughs> until Denny's time, where we'd always go to Denny's at like midnight. At midnight, yeah, we'd go to Denny's, that's right. Come back and play Ease again. And I remember I won it at 5.22 in the morning. I recorded my spreadsheet. 5.22, and you, okay. 5.22 a.m. Okay. So I stayed up all night playing Ease, probably multiple days in a row. But finally I won it, and then, well, we're going home in a few days, I... If I'm ever going to play Spellcaster, it has to be now. So, so I started at 5.23 a.m., you said, I'm going to start playing Spellcaster. No, I might have gone to bed All for right. a few hours. But then the next day, I started playing Spellcaster because it was our friend's copy. And I thought, I better play this and get it back to him. I hated this game. <laughs> I hate it. I still hate it. it. It felt like it was difficult and laborious. Again, it looked like it should be a good game, but the controls were difficult. The Yeah. The, the sword, the attacks, the jumping, everything felt like it was more tedious or laborious than it should have been. Yeah. Like your character just didn't move the way you'd expect. It wasn't smooth. It was like a weird stilted... Uh... Yeah, kind of like Rastan or Considen. Oh, yeah. Again, those games look like they should be awesome, but the controls and the movement ruin them for me. Yeah. Lord of the Sword is another one where everything just feels like it's difficult. Like you're moving and attacking underwater and everything's difficult. Spellcaster... I won this game legitimately out of spite. <laughs> I died so many times. I hated the game, but it's like, uh, even though I don't, I wasn't really enjoying it, I, I wanted to win it just to show it who was boss. Um, and I thought, I'm done with this game. I won it. We can give it back to our friend when we go home, and I never have to see it or think about it again. Uh, and it's too bad my uh, older brother, that chump, he never played it, and he'll never have the chance. Uh-huh. 
Uh, and then on Rick V Day, this was one of the games that we got. Uh, and yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, that game, I hate it. Uh, well, I guess I didn't need to work so hard to, to win it. But but at least you did, right? Yeah. And you're done with it. It was now, another one I could add to my tally. Does that mean I got it in the split? You probably got it in the split because okay. I had no interest in it yeah. and never wanted to see it again. Yeah, again, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here, too. This game on paper looks like it's pretty cool. Um when we were younger, back way before, like when he got this game originally, back in 88 or 89, uh, we, we spent the night, he like, we, we had a sleepover, and he set up a tent, and we pulled the uh, TV and the master system out into the yard, and we, I, we were playing this all night, and we couldn't play it. for. We, I was like, we should just get through this whole game. We should just marathon it all night, and we couldn't do it. Um, so, yeah, I, I could never get back. And then when I discovered emulation, this was one of the ROMs, I remember specifically saying, I'm going to finally get through Spellcaster. And I played it on an emulator, and I couldn't do it then either. And then we got it for Rick B. Day, and I've never touched it. It's hard, I mean, right? The controls are kind of bad. Yeah. and But I did uh, recently, um, there's a sequel to this game called Mystic Defender on the Genesis, uh, which has been on my list for maybe just nostalgic reasons, because I know it's a sequel to Spellcaster. And so uh, if anybody's interested, there's Spellcaster and Mystic Defender. Those two games are related. Now, we kind of glossed over something here. We did? That was actually kind of hardcore. You guys set up a tent in the backyard oh, yeah. and dragged a TV, an old CRT TV. Yeah. Well, a it was 100-pound TV and a Sega Master System out into the backyard and played Sega all night. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I think what happened was we said, hey... We want to come over. We want to have you know. We want to have Eric over and play video games all night. And his parents said, "Well, you're not doing it in the house. You want to do that? Go go outside in the yard." And so he's like, "Okay." <laughs> so we set up a tent and then a big long extension cord and a TV and a master system and played video games out in the yard one summer. I don't know. Which is just what you do. Yeah, it was. It was to us. It was uh, normal. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Now, what do you want to talk about next? Castle of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse. Now, when we opened up the box, and it's like a Mickey Mouse game. Are you kidding me? Who is this guy, and why does he have a child's game? This, this is dumb. I have no interest in this game. This turned out to be one of the better Master System games, in my opinion. What this, kind of a game is it? This game is an awesome game. Okay, but what? <laughs> I guess what are we call dealing with here? A platformer. Yeah. It's a side-scrolling. I guess you could say it's similar to Mario, but much better. First of all, the graphics in this game are awesome. They are colorful. Uh, they're very detailed. They're they're very impressive. Smooth animation. Smooth animation. Smooth movement. This is still one of my favorite Master System games. Now you are Mickey Mouse, and you wander through environments horizontally, jumping on stuff, climbing ladders, picking up items. Finding treasure chests, finding hidden treasure chests <laughs> that don't appear unless you know where they are. I mean, things like you jump and you do the attack and that causes a treasure chest to move and then you jump on top of it and you can get to an area that you didn't know was there before. Yeah. I mean, this is a surprisingly sophisticated and awesome game. So now most people are probably familiar with the Genesis version. Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. But these are not the same games. They are superficially similar some of the environments are the same um thematically there's a library there's a forest these are these are different games first of all in the genesis version you have a different attack you can throw apples okay all right what's the, the attack on this it it's jump and bounce you bounce it's, you it's a butt bounce right yes you jump and but it's similar to mario you jump and you land on top of things and that's how you attack them uh-huh that's also how you make treasure chests appear. You jump and you bounce in the air where there's a hidden treasure chest and it appears. Okay. Um, there are no hidden treasure chests in the Genesis version. You do still have the bounce attack. Yeah. But the environments, the way you get through them, they're they're different. They look the same thematically, but, but they're different enough that I consider them different games, really. Yeah, different games, yep. Um, and I think the Master System version is, is actually better. Well, that's high praise, because I know that the Genesis version is considered very good. But you like the Master System version better? Yeah. I've never played this game. You really should. I mean, again, when we first got this, I thought, Mickey Mouse, who cares? I think it was you who told me, you were reading on one of the message boards, that this was a 
highly rated game, and I thought, okay, I'll, I guess I'll give it a try. And I loved it. Yeah. I mean, a 20-year-old guy playing a Mickey Mouse <laughs> game, you know, there was... I had to wrestle with that a little bit, mentally and emotionally, but uh-huh. this game is awesome. Well, you're not alone, because there's quite a few Disney games on the NES, on the Genesis, like Aladdin or Super Nintendo, on the NES, things like DuckTales or uh, uh, Darkwing Duck. They're all very good. They're surprisingly good. And if you can get past the character, the games are fantastic, right? Yes. So, the Castle of Illusion, I think... I played in the spring semester of 1998 while we were still at college. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not maybe eight months after Rick V Day. It never would have been on the top of my list of games to play, but I think you convinced me after reading online that it was great. And it was great. I love that game. And several years later, I got on eBay and bought Land of Illusion. That's an well. import. Yeah. It's... Um, it's the, kind of the same thing as Castle of Illusion. Again, smooth controls, side-scrolling platformer, but a lot better. It's a bigger game. It's a it's a much larger world, and now there's items. Things like a rope. You go and you collect a rope, and now you can go back to previous areas where you were before and climb to areas you couldn't get to before. Oh, wow. There's like a, a, a power star in each of, I think, 14 levels that you have to go and find. And some of them you can find your first time through, but a lot of them you, you don't. You have to find these special items and go back to previous worlds, and, and now you can get to new areas you couldn't before. It's really an amazing game. I can't believe they pulled it off on the Master System. Uh-huh. But um, again, Mickey Mouse, and you wouldn't think it, but uh, Castle of Illusion, that was one of our better games that we got on Rick V Day. Uh, and that also turned me on to Land of Illusion, which I think is one of the best SMS games ever. Really? Land so, of Illusion? Yeah. All and right. When you have time, I know you, you haven't really played either <laughs> game, but you really need to... Play them both? Play them both. Okay. Um, and again, Castle of Illusion for the Genesis is not the same. And don't even get me started on World of Illusion for the Genesis. Same series, but not, not at all the same, and not really... It was okay, but don't bother, you know, if you have yeah. other stuff to do. All right. I'm trying to remember if World of Illusion made it to the Master System. No, it never did. No. And Land of Illusion never made it to the Genesis, as far as I know. Interesting. All right. Okay, so next up is a game that, surprisingly, we didn't get until Rick V. Day, but has been released on tons of different platforms. Ghostbusters. Ghost. All right. The Ghostbusters. (laughs) The Ghostbusters. Yeah. So what's the deal with this one? We had played this on the Atari 2600. It was an mm-hmm. Activision game for the 2600. I still want to get that game. I still um, love the Atari version. We had borrowed that. The, from our neighbors, right? From our neighbors down the street. Um, you know, during the... What? Before Christmas of 1988, we all finally got on the same page and decided we want a Sega Master System. Yeah. We hadn't really been playing a lot of video games for a few years before that, but... Before that, we started getting excited about video games again, and we pulled out the Atari, and we had borrowed stuff from our neighbors who thought, Atari? Who cares about that? Yeah, go ahead, borrow Ghostbusters. Yeah. And we were playing it, and we loved it. Yeah. Now, what, almost 10 years later, we got Ghostbusters for the Sega Master System on Rick V. Day, and we thought, okay, well, we know we like the Atari version. Let's try this. Again, it, it wasn't one of those games that was top on my priority list, but I played it pretty soon after we got it. Yeah. Um, and I remember having to work at it for a week or so, right? I mean, it, the, the beginning part was familiar. You drive around, you catch ghosts until your PKE meter gets up to 10,000, and then the Marshmallow Man appears. Yeah. Now, I never got past this part on the Atari, but uh, on the Master System version, I, I worked at it long enough where I did... First, the Marshmallow Man is jumping around in front of that building, and you have to sneak past him. Uh, And then you have to get up the stairs of the building, right? And there's ghosts that are swarming and throwing plates at you, oddly. Now, that part wasn't in the Atari version, was it? I don't remember. Stairs? I think that version's cut from a couple games. Go ahead. It could be, or maybe we just never got past it. I don't know. Um, And then at the the top of the building... um, I don't remember. You have to shoot beams at Gozer, maybe. I don't remember exactly how it worked, but 
I remember it didn't take me that long to win it. I worked at it maybe. You did win it though. Uh, yeah, I worked at it for a week or two. I came up with here's my starting strategy. This is the equipment I buy. It takes up all, all your ten thousand dollars in seed money to begin with, mm-hmm. and it's perfect. You never need to buy anything again after that. Really? Yeah. Um, and and I did win the the Ghostbusters game legitimately according to our our rules. Um, and I thought, when I came out here to visit you a few years ago, I thought, oh, we'll play Ghostbusters. I, I, no problem. I, I can handle this game. And I, I just got my butt kicked. Like, I, I had forgotten how difficult it was or, or yeah. what. But I couldn't, we couldn't hack it last time. Yeah. Last time I was out here four years ago, I, I couldn't <laughs> do it. Do it now. Even though I, I thought I remembered it. But, yeah. And I've never won the game. Well, you never know, even come close. You should check into it. Well, okay. I'll, I'll add it to the list, but it's down <laughs> in like the 80s or 90s in the backlog. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a good game. It's I liked it at the time. I, I thought it was a great game. Uh, it was similar to the Atari, but, but better in just about every way. Okay. So it was a good pickup. Yeah, yeah. I remember trying to win it once. I think... Back in like 2007 or something, I had like beat Fantasy Zone for the first time, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock out some of these uh, Master System games, and I, I went and uh, won another game, um, Rampage, that uh, I I went, and then I thought I would do Ghostbusters, and I ended up not uh, not getting into Ghostbusters. I think I came and asked you about your strategy or whatever, and I'm like, ah, it's too complicated. I could play something else instead. Oh, that could be. Now, yeah, um, I know that summer of 97, I don't know how I had the time for all this. That was the summer I was building all those model rockets in the basement. I got yeah. pneumonia. This is 97? Yeah. Yeah. I was. I had pneumonia for a few weeks. I was taking a, a summer class at, you know, a, a, a university nearby to transfer the credit over. And I was playing all these... Video games. That was the summer I won Enduro Racer, Zillion 2, uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. And then Rampage, which was another RV, Rick V Day pickup yeah. game. And, yeah. All right. And let's get into Rampage. Rampage. Now, the first time I saw this game was back in, I think, my freshman year of high school. Uh, a guy brought an Atari, what was that called? The Lynx? Yeah. The portable the handheld the portable, system. Yeah. He was playing it one day during study hall, and he, he let me borrow it. And I'd never seen or heard of Rampage before. But I thought, this game is awesome. You're yeah. a monster, and you go around smashing buildings. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has an appeal to pre-adolescent teenagers, maybe older boys, right? Yeah. I don't know where I first heard about it. I know I saw it on a Commodore, or maybe the arcade. But we were familiar with the game. Yeah, so when we, we found this in the... The Rick V Day box. I was like, "Oh yeah, Rampage. I remember that game. Again, pretty good." Um, now I think at the time I didn't know you could win this game. I thought it, it was just yeah. it was just similar to the Atari type games, Missile Command, Space Invaders. They just go on forever. Forever, yeah. And but I this thought this version, this one, I don't remember how long. I seem to remember playing it most of a morning with our younger brother sit, sitting at home, um, and then. It ended. I don't remember if there was like a, a message at the end or something. I don't remember, but I know I've completed it too. I think there's 50 cities. I Is think it? it's 50. Okay. And you go through them, um, and it does come to an end. There's an end to it. One good thing I wanted to mention about uh, Rampage on the Master System was that you had all three uh, characters to choose from. The three uh, monsters. The three monsters. There's a wolf, there's a lizard, and there's a gorilla. Right? Like a giant King Kong type of... Ralph the Wolf, George the Ape, and Lizzie the Lizard. I always, Which one did you play? I always played the Lizard. Yeah, I did too. I liked, I liked the Lizard for some reason. So anyway, and it is two... It is co-op. Yes. Right? Which is what makes the game a lot more fun. So you and our other brother would play at co-op, right? Yeah, I think that summer we were... We did sit around and play a lot of co-op games. Uh, I think we were grateful to have another two-player co-op game after Double Dragon... Fantasy Zone the Maze. Fantasy Zone the Maze. I Awful. Mean, we played a lot of that game just because we had nothing else. <laughs> nothing else was co-op. Yeah. yeah. And Rampage was a good one. And I think maybe that's how we found out that there was an end to it, by co-oping it. And I'm sure once we realized that, I would want to go back and win it on my own under house rules. 
House Rules, be, that's right. Yeah. It's got to be single player. Yeah. And that's how I wanted it, too. I, I played it single player and just went through all all the levels uh, until you got to the end. But, yeah, it's simple-minded fun, right? Just try to stay alive long enough to destroy every building in the city and then do it again yeah. uh, until you make... I think you make your way from the West Coast to the East Coast. It could be. Slowly making your way across the uh, United States. And do I remember correctly, if you would grab people off the ground or out of a building window and eat them, yeah. it would refill it your would life? It would refill your life, yep, a absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. So yeah, good game. So, I mean, when you think about it, horrifyingly violent. I mean, just terrible, but it was car- <laughs> cartoony and, and all in good fun. All, all, it's, all, yeah, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. But now, speaking of good co-op games, our next game... Is another one oh my that gosh. I think we determined really shined or shone, shun? <laughs> shined, shone. shined uh, in two-player mode, and that's Time Soldiers. Now, and I have some very distinct memories about playing Time Soldiers co-op with you. Now, yes. Now, this was one of those games that we first saw back in 1990. Our hometown friend got this. Mm-hmm. It looked good. The it, graphics are gorgeous, right? I, I said I recommended this game Purely on the screenshots. I'm like, this game looks fantastic. And when you look at the cover art here, there's a tank, there's a T-Rex, and there's two guys with bazookas. Yeah. How could you go wrong? How could you go wrong? Look, I don't know what's going on in this picture with a tank and a dinosaur and two guys, but I want in. Whatever's happening here, I want in on it. Yeah. Let Let me first talk about what kind of a game this is. This is a game, it was an arcade game, but it was, it's kind of like Commando or Akari Warriors. Uh, there's another game on the Master System like it, Rambo 2, First Blood, where it's an overhead shooter, where you're, you're, you're overhead and your guys are walking along the screen upward and yeah. shooting things on the ground, right? But it's very much like Commando. Yeah. Nowadays, it would be done as a dual stick shooter. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but before you had dual sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we would what? What would happen with this game? We got this for Rick V-Day. We got it, for, and we had seen it before, seen it. and we thought, well, it was pretty good. It wasn't, it wasn't Golvelius, it wasn't Afterburner, it wasn't uh, Miracle Warriors, but it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we got it for Rick V Day, and I was excited about it. Again, it wasn't one of those that we started playing immediately, but that spring semester of '98, when we should have been studying for exams and writing our our papers, yeah. Uh, I remember at least one Saturday or Sunday, I'd be working on studying for half an hour and get bored and be like, it's time for Time Soldiers. <laughs> and I would go over to your room and be like, dude, is it time for Time Soldiers again? And you'd be like, yeah, I think it kind of is. it is. So what would we do? We'd do homework for 30 minutes and then we'd take a break for <laughs> from working for 30 minutes to play Time Soldiers for an hour. We would, yeah, an hour, hour and a half, and we'd play Time Soldiers. And then sometimes it wasn't time for Time Soldiers, it was... Wonder Boy and Monsterland time. Yeah. And we'd play that for an hour or two and yep. then go back to studying for half an hour. But yeah. So yeah, we co-opted this, right? We co-opted a lot. And uh, I remember I wrote down April 25th, 98, was the first time we, we won it co-op. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, cooperatively. 1998, April 25th. You, you don't even need the spreadsheet. You just have the date in your head. Well, yeah. I mean, that was such a momentous... Oh, my gosh. No, okay. and it it was a good game. It was it was fun to play, and, and the deal with it is you, you start off with one level. I don't remember where it was. You, you might have been in uh, ancient Japan. You might have been in medieval... Rome or, or Greece or... Yeah, there was a Prehistoric Rome times or... Fu- yeah, or and, future. You did travel through... Time periods. Yeah, each successive level, or there was like five stages, but then within each stage, there was three or four areas that you had to go through, and at the end, you'd time warp to a different, a different area. You'd always get the message, oh, we didn't find our missing comrade here. Let's time warp to this other area and see if we find him there. And of, of course, after three levels, you'd fight a boss, and then that's you're, where your missing where comrade you was. Your comrade. That's how you rescued your guy. Now, there was a trick in levels four and five. They got tricky where you wouldn't end up in the right place after three time warps if you followed the time warps the way they wanted you to. You had the option of going around the time warp and continuing on for another, another sub-level or stage within the same area. You mean just walking around it yeah. and continuing up? Yes, okay. and it would, it would continue scrolling the screen. 
So we determined that uh, in, in the, the fourth and fifth stages, the way to get to where you needed to be at the end of the third area was to skip the first time warp and then take the second and the third. Is that warp. right? Now, I know that we played this co-op, and I've never legitimately won it by house rules, but you did. After that, you spent what I consider to be a tremendous amount of time <laughs> finding out the, the just intricate details of how, timing, how to get things to show up, how to beat the game single player. Is that right? Yes. So, right before Christmas of 96, we had the idea of we were going to take our old notes, our old Sega notebook notes that Which we had paper. On, on paper from 1989 and 1990, and we were going to create a web page, a website called the Sega Notebook, and we were going to put our notes online. Because at the time, there was no game facts. There might have been the Sega Sages page. Yeah, it was Sega Sages, which became... Game Sages. Sage, which became Game Sages, and then became Game Facts. Or I, I thought it was IGN. Well, in any... Maybe. But the point is, is that way back then, it was still called Sega Sages. It's evolved into something much bigger now. But, but even they... They didn't have some of the stuff we did. When we looked around on the internet for... Now we were finally starting to get some of these games, and how do we play them? There wasn't a lot of information there. So you had the idea of let's create our own website, call it the Sega Notebook, which is what we called our paper notebooks. Yeah. And we, we put a lot of this stuff online. And first we put them up as rudimentary text files, and then later on we, you know, fancied them up with better HTML. Anyways, right before Christmas of 2000, the year 2000, okay. I was getting a little nostalgic. This is the four-year anniversary of the Sega Notebook. <laughs> four-year. Let me put some... Let me put some work into this and, and develop some more content. Yeah. And this was right around the time I was playing Land of Illusion. Uh, so I, I really wrote up a good web page for Land of Illusion and put all kinds of information out there. But after I won that, I was like, what's next? Let me go back to Time Soldiers. Yeah. And I played it a lot. I spent a lot of time and I figured out... I mean, there were certain things that, certain mysteries that always eluded us. Like, why sometimes does this guy appear, and why sometimes does he not appear and drop this item? Well, it turned out it was all about where you were on the screen. If you scrolled the screen too fast, the guy might not appear. And if you went to a certain point and then waited and let the screen stop scrolling, this one guy would appear and drop a certain item. Things like that. I, I spent so much time on Time Soldiers... That I figured it out, and I played it, and played it, and played it, and then eventually got good enough that I won it legitimately. Legit, legit win, huh? Yeah. No continues, no cheating, no co-op. I have no desire. And I probably spent about a month playing that game. Oh, no way. Back then, I had no wife, no kids. I had a job, but not a real demanding one. I didn't go home and have work to do. Mm -hmm. So I played Time Soldiers played a lot. Time Soldiers. Um, and I'm guessing no girlfriend at the time, so yeah. All right. So, yes, you know, speaking of our, our website, the Sega Notebook, it's actually still online. It's hosted through SMS Power, and you can find it if you search for the Sega Notebook. We haven't updated it in 18 years or so, I don't think since 2000 or 2001. But 2004, I think. All of our stuff is still up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, it's still out there uh, for so people if, who want to find it. And I'm going to... Having no facts on my side whatsoever, I'm going to say that mine is the most authoritative Time Soldiers reference guide you will ever find yeah. on the internet. For the, yeah. You probably also have the most authoritative guide on Shadow Squadron for the 32X. I have. Last I checked, that was the only That was the only, that was Shadow, the only Squadron. Shadow Squadron guide on GameFAQs, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, back to Master System then. Um, let's move on to another... A game that I know I was particularly interested in um, after having experienced Double Dragon and getting interested in beat-em-ups. There is one other maybe top-tier beat-em-up, or at least I thought top-tier beat-em-up on the Master System, and that is Vigilante. And uh, Vigilante uh, I was interested in also because it is from Irem, a developer better known, at least in my mind, for R-Type, which I love. So... Um, we didn't have Vigilante until we didn't even see it until we got it for Rick V Day, right? We did not have Vigilante. No, this game I was excited about too. Back in 
91, maybe. Yeah. I loved this game in the arcade. I played it. It was great. I loved it. Um, (laughs) The Master System version was a little bit disappointing compared to what I remembered from the arcade. But, you know, there were no perfect arcade Arcade ports, ports. Right? Yeah. Graphically speaking, the game is really good looking. Yes. Right? It's a a great looking game. Um, I remember it was a lot more difficult to play than Double Dragon. Maybe it wouldn't have been if Vigilante was my first exposure to Master System beat-em-up games. You think this game is harder than Double Dragon? Yeah. Because I've won Vigilante. I was going to talk about that. I've never won Double Dragon. Oh, all right. I thought the controls weren't quite as smooth and... Yeah. But again, maybe it was just different style and I was too used to Double Dragon and that's what I was expecting. Okay. I, I won it. It was... Let me Let me think. I started playing it and practicing it while we were still down at school as that semester ended may of so may of 98 98 yeah but when i won it legitimately we were already back home yeah me too i remember i we had to clean out our apartment so we went down we went back down to do the final cleanup and there was nothing down there we had already moved most of our stuff out so i brought my game gear i brought my master gear converter and i brought vigilante to practice and I practiced it. I played it. You know, I played it and played it and played it. And then, since, again, our house rules, you couldn't... You had to win it on the actual system. Yeah. So I played it so I could get to the end and beat the game. And then when we were done, we came back and, you know, to home. And uh, I played it on the Master System and won it. So I've actually won this game. Yeah. And it's it's a good game. And, again, by Irem, who, you know, you know... You don't turn up your nose at them. No. Um, one of the things I liked about this game was there was nunchucks laying around all over the place. Now, we had bats and whips in Double Dragon. Yeah. But the nunchucks, I thought, were great. It, you would see them spin around, and they would knock the guys away. Yeah. And I thought that was great. And, and this game, too, I felt was my first exposure to an enduring beat-em-up recurring theme which is the guys on motorcycles driving oh. across the screen and you have to knock them off. I hate guys on motorcycles. I hate guys on motorcycles too. And we were just seeing this in Streets of Rage 3 the other yeah. day. Why are there so many guys on motorcycles? <laughs> They're always running me over. I hate, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that all, that all goes back to Vigilante. At least the first game that I ever saw Yeah, that, that had the That's guy on the motorcycle. Yeah. And uh, this game was also released on the TurboGrafx. Recently, I recently acquired the TurboGrafx version. Haven't spent much time with that. but well, we uh, ought to wrap we, up this podcast and we, go play we should, I was just thinking the same thing. We should go check into Vigilante on the TurboGrafx. All right. Anything more about Vigilante? It was a great game. I loved the arcade version. The Master System version was not good. I'm glad I played it. Um, the arcade version was better. Yeah, okay. And I've never seen the Turbo Graphics version, but I'd be interested to. Well, we'll check it out. Okay, uh, I'll probably edit this part. Do you want to talk about these, or do you want to wrap it up? No, we can talk about them. Okay. Okay, so then, moving on from Vigilante, we've got Ghouls and Ghosts for the Sega Master System. Now, this is a game that I typically... I love the Genesis version, right? This When we first rented a Genesis, we rented Ghouls and Ghosts. The game is incredibly hard. It was very challenging for us, but I love it. And when we got our Genesis, it was one of the first games I got. Now, you mean and back in 89 or 90, you saw Ghouls and Ghosts on the Genesis? Yeah. For the first time? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I didn't even know about the Master System version until probably Rick V-Day. Yeah. And, and I, then we popped it in, and what did we learn? Well, it's, it's good. It's surprisingly good. Um, knowing that it's for a system that was one generation before what we were used to. We had been playing Ghouls and Ghosts on the Genesis. In fact, we had tried to marathon it several times. Yeah. You, me, our younger brother, yep, uh, and several other friends, we got into, you know, maybe they thought we were quaint, a little odd, like, oh, these guys still playing Genesis. But, you know, they went along with it. I don't remember knowing about a Sega Master System version. The graphics are not as good, of course, as the Genesis, but they are surprisingly good for the Master System. Um, I know I was glad to have this game. I was interested to see it. But, of course, we mostly stuck to the Genesis version because that's what we were familiar with. Um, In the Genesis version, I remember thinking, you and your friend were nuts. Like, why are you guys going nuts over ghouls and ghosts? This game looks stupid. 
till I sat down and marathoned it with you guys and saw the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was, I was wrong. <laughs> you were wrong. Yeah, I was okay. mistaken, and I'm sorry. And it won't happen again. Yeah, <laughs> it won't happen again. Now yeah. I, I'm a ghouls and ghosts convert, and I'm sorry I ever doubted you. <laughs> yeah, so ghouls and ghosts on the master system. I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't recommend it over the Genesis, but it is a surprisingly good port, right? Yeah. And it it, it definitely. Uh, it definitely uh, is a well-done game on the Master System. Now, it turns out it's one of the harder to get, I think. I consider it one of the harder to get games. Um, so, really grateful to get this on Rick V. Day. And it's clearly one of the newer ones. I mean, this has yeah. colorful and, and interesting cover art. Cover art covers the whole box. Not like it's the 1986-87 ones where you had a small icon, but mostly a white cover with grid lines. Yeah, this is probably one that, you know, or certainly one that, was done by Sega after they had gotten into the Genesis, after they had taken control of marketing back from Tonka in the U.S. Um, there's this new Sega Master System uh, kind of symbol on it. It's like the Sega for the 90s thing. I don't know if that's on this copy or not. No, but uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, Master System game. Um, and uh, uh, really glad to have gotten that through uh, from Rick V-Day. Right? Yeah. All right. And now the last one that we picked out. I don't know anything about this game. I don't you know. This is all you, buddy. Uh, what is this? What are we looking at here? This is Lord of the Sword. Now, we had seen these. When you would buy a Master System game, they used to come with these inserts. It was almost like a, a catalog or a poster. It was a of, poster, yeah. Here's other Master System games that have come out. And for a while, we were getting the same ones. Games from 86, 87, and there was nothing new. And at some point, maybe with Wonder Boy 3, one of our newer games for 1989, we started getting a, like a second generation of poster that had new games on it that we hadn't heard of before. And Lord of the Sword was one of them. Yeah. It was supposed to be an adventure role-playing game. And I thought, man, that game looks awesome. We got to get that. Something. Yeah, it looked good, right? It looked and does good. it say role-playing on it? Uh, adventure role playing. Adventure role playing. Of course, that was that sounded great to us, right? I mean, we loved Miracle Warriors and East, and what happened? This well, is no role playing game to me. Art thou the man who will be king, or just another rogue with a sword? Well, I'll tell you my answer. I'm going to rule this place. <laughs> now, we did you win this? No. Okay. We did not actually get our hands on a copy of this game until. You know, we started getting into emulators, and we found the ROM. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to play. I always wanted to play this game. I mean, to, it, to me, it had been like six years since I'd played the Master System. And at the time, that seemed like an eternity. Yeah. Between the time I was 13 and 19, I mean, that was... That's an eternity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I started playing the ROM and quickly realized this game is impossible to play. Now, the cool thing about it was... Both buttons, you had a different kind of attack, and I don't remember what they were. Maybe one was sword and one was kick, something like that. But the way you would jump in this game is to hit the up arrow. It made your movements and attacks very clumsy and difficult to execute. You said it was jump with the up arrow? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate that. Right? Like, you remember how Wonder Boy, the first one, if you wanted to do the high jump, you had to hit both buttons at the same time perfectly? So when you're uh, yeah, running and you try to jump over a gap, if you don't do it right, you do the short jump and you fall into the ocean and you die. <laughs> right? So Lord of the Sword was, well, while you're walking, hit the up arrow and try not to get killed by these guys who are hitting you. Well, what it were the two buttons? very difficult. Well, one of them was a sword attack and I think the other one was kick. If I remember. Kick? Okay. Kick, maybe. It was two different kinds of attacks. Yeah, yeah. I okay. liked the idea behind it. It's not just punch and jump. But it meant that it, jump was up. It, yeah, and it was difficult to pull off. Um, you know, I played it on the emulator. I had to use save states, and eventually I just I couldn't do it. It just yeah. wasn't, it was too hard. It was too clumsy and annoying, and I stopped playing it. Okay. But one thing that I will credit this game for, kind of an interesting innovation, it was a side-scrolling game, so you're walking left to right across screens, and one of the ways they did branching paths was through, it was almost like a, a stairs. So you could go left or right, but on a screen where there was a third path, you would have like hills, almost like stairs in the, in, on one side of the screen. 
So you could walk off the right side of the screen or you could hop up to another level or uh-huh. plane, a vertical plane, and go off that way. Okay. And it was a, a branching path. All right. And I thought that was kind of clever at the time, even though I hated the game. Yeah. Um, and I remember not getting very far in it. I got to some kind of talking tree, spirit tree. And sure, why not? That was about as far as I got. Okay, so that's that's Lord of the Sword. Uh, so yeah, Rick V-Day, big deal. Uh, lots of good games. Didn't get to all of them. No. Got to a few of them. Some good, some bad. We like to joke that Rick V-Day was the best day of our entire lives. <laughs> much to the non-amusement of our wives. Yeah, well, it was certainly the best, what, Master System Day. Possibly best pickup of all time, at least for me. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Good stuff, good stuff. Got us uh, got us exposed to a lot of Master System things. Oh, yeah. Like, it expanded our Master System universe and knowledge way beyond what oh, I yeah. ever knew was out there. Yeah. So now it's time to what? Go to the other games that we got that day after 20 years and check into them? Next year, maybe. Yeah, next year, right. All right, well, Gavin, thanks for joining me. Uh, I appreciate you taking some time out to talk to us about these games and your memories. Yes. Um, and uh, everyone else, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane of Rick V Day. Yes. And now I got to go play some Streets of Rage with my son. <laughs>